With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast contains graphic descriptions, explicit language, and audio clips that may be disturbing to some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The Apex and the Abyss presents The Chasm, Episode 17, The Glamour Girl Slayer. In our last episode, we discussed the horrible crimes of Russell Williams, a man who compulsively documented his crimes and took photographs of his victims. You may be shocked to know that while Russell Williams' crimes were unique to him, being a sadistic voyeur was not. Harvey Glattman was born in the Bronx on December 10, 1927, to Ophelia and Albert Glattman. Harvey would spend some time in Colorado as a young boy, but eventually him and his parents would move back to New York. From an early age, his parents knew that something was off about him. Harvey was an only child, so he did not have siblings to play with. Beyond that, his parents noted that he was very antisocial. As a toddler, Harvey exhibited behavior that was far from normal. He was what one would call a sadomasochist which means that Harvey found sexual gratification from inflicting pain and or humiliation upon himself or another person. It is alleged that when he was between the ages of three and four, Harvey had been seen tying a string around his genitals and placing the loose end of the string within a shut drawer and leaning backwards so that he could feel the discomfort of his genitals being pulled. A few years later, Mr. and Mrs. Glattman would come home to find their son with a swollen and burned neck from a rope. He had been previously caught masturbating while asphyxiating himself with a rope. His father would berate him and throw homophobic slurs at him for these actions. When Harvey entered junior high, his behavior began to escalate to even more unhealthy levels. Being an adolescent boy entering puberty, Harvey was going through what most young adults go through. And it's typically very awkward. He was getting taller, had acne on his face, and things of that nature. Puberty can sometimes be quite unkind, and so can your peers. Harvey suffered from severe facial acne and had large front teeth, and his ears stuck out, which caused him to be the butt of many jokes amongst his classmates. This bullying crushed Harvey's self-esteem, and he never dared speak to the girls he had crushes on. Around this time, Harvey had begun to accumulate quite a rap sheet. 
he would break into the homes and apartments of women, bind them with rope so they couldn't move, and he would sexually assault them. He would also take their photographs. He was caught in 1945, and while awaiting trial for one case, he would commit another act of burglary and molestation of a woman. After this woman went to the police, Harvey was arrested and sent to prison for eight months. Harvey was arrested quite a few times, and within his multiple prison stints while still a teenager, Harvey was diagnosed as having a split personality, anxiety, and depression, and once even psychotic. After he was released from prison again, Harvey moved to Albany, New York. By 1945, he was arrested again for robbing multiple people. He also attempted to sexually assault a nurse, as well as two other women all of which were able to escape and report each incident to the police. These particular crimes landed him a sentence of 5 to 10 years in prison. Within this correctional facility, he was evaluated by the doctors and diagnosed as a psychopath. Regardless of this diagnosis, Harvey did not serve his full sentence and he was released on good behavior after only serving a few years. Conditions of his parole stated that he was to remain under the same roof as his parents in Denver, Colorado. He had to get a full-time job, and he was not to commit any crimes for an additional four years, which Harvey seemed to do, or at least he wasn't caught. Harvey's father would die in 1952, leaving Harvey and Ophelia alone together for a few years. Harvey would eventually move to Los Angeles, California in 1957. When he arrived in LA, Harvey began working as a television repairman to make ends meet, but he also began posing as a photographer. Photography had been a hobby that Harvey would pick up off and on over the years. Harvey would meet a 19-year-old woman by the name of Judy Ann Dull. He had come to her apartment under the guise of a man named Johnny Glenn, a model photographer. He was looking for one of Judy's roommates, Lynn, but she wasn't home. However, this Johnny asked Judy if she would be interested in modeling for him for some money. Judy jumped at this opportunity. She had recently become estranged from her husband and was in the process of divorce and was prepping to battle for custody of their young daughter. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. They set up to meet on August 1st, 1957, to take photographs. When Harvey arrived at the apartment, he told Judy, who was at home with her other roommate, Betty, that he wanted to shoot some pinup photos, but that Judy should also bring an array of other outfits. Allegedly, Harvey was like Judy's shadow while in the apartment. He was lurking behind her the entire time until they left, something that her roommate noted as weird. The pair would go back to Harvey's apartment, where he proceeded to photograph and rape her. He would bind her hands together with rope and then drive her out to the California desert where he led her to believe that he was going to release her. On the way out into the desert, Harvey would stop the car and rape Judy again. He would then bind her feet together, place a rope around her neck, and strangle her until she was dead. He would then leave her body in a shallow grave. 
In March of 1958, Harvey would pose as a man named George Williams. He would meet a woman by the name of Shirley Bridgeford at the Patty Sullivan Lonely Hearts Club. Shirley had recently become single and she was beginning to date again. The pair decided to go out dancing. While on the drive, Harvey would pull out a gun. He would take Shirley back to his apartment and force her to undress. He would then rape her, and just like with Judy, he would take her photograph. Harvey would then drive Shirley out to the desert where he would murder Shirley and take photographs of her dead body before leaving the scene of the crime. Her body was left out in the open. It was attacked by animals and decomposed rapidly due to the elements. A few months later, Harvey would meet Ruth Mercado. This time, he called himself Frank Wilson. He was posing as a photographer when he met Ruth. At the time, she was too under the weather to partake in a photo shoot, so they rescheduled it. However, Harvey would return to her home later that night, where he held her at gunpoint and sexually assaulted her for hours. When it was daylight, Harvey forced Ruth out to his car, where he took her out into the desert and murdered her in the same fashion as his previous victims. Harvey would later describe his method of killing. He has been quoted saying, With each one, I did it the same way. After I attacked them, I knew I had to kill them, for they could identify me and identify my car. So I would drive into the desert, sometimes on the pretense of taking more pictures, sometimes without any reason. I would make them kneel down. With everyone, it was the same. With the gun on them, I would tie this five-foot piece of rope around their ankles. Then I would loop it up around their neck. Then I would stand there and keep pulling until they quit struggling. Harvey would also speak about Ruth during his eventual interrogation. She was one I really liked, so I told her we were going out to a deserted spot where we wouldn't be bothered for a while while I took more pictures. We spent most of the day out in the desert. I took a lot more pictures and tried and tried to figure out to keep from killing her, but I couldn't come up with any answer. So I got out the rope and did it the same way I did the others. I piled some brush and debris on her body and left her there. About a month later, Harvey would meet Lorraine Vigil. He had wanted to kill the owner of a modeling agency, but once he saw Lorraine, he set his sights on her. Harvey attempted to abduct Lorraine, but she was able to escape his grasp. Harvey would fire and a bullet would graze her thigh, but she was able to grab the gun after she bit his hand and hold him at gunpoint until she was able to alert someone to what happened. Harvey Glattman would be arrested. During his interrogation, Harvey quickly confessed to his crimes. Not just his attempted abduction of Lorraine, but the murders of Judy Ann Dull, Shirley Bridgeford, and Ruth Mercado. He would even tell them about his toolbox that contained the photos of his crimes, as well as clothing belonging to some of his victims. When he was asked why he killed these women, he said, The reason I killed those girls was because they asked me to. They said they would rather be dead than be with me. With Harvey's cooperation, they were able to locate the bodies of his victims. During his trial, Harvey's mother tried to tell people that her son was sick as if he wasn't in control of his actions. His lawyer tried to do the same and presented Harvey as a person suffering from severe mental illness and was not responsible for his actions. They were leaning towards an insanity plea. Harvey would go under a psychiatric evaluation, 
but however, it concluded that he did not suffer from any sort of psychosis and he was fully aware of everything that he was doing. Harvey Glattman would be found guilty of two counts of first-degree murder. At this, Harvey would request to be sentenced to death. He did not want to spend the rest of his life in prison. On September 18, 1959, Harvey Glattman's sentence was carried out. He entered the gas chamber at San Quentin State Prison, where it would take 12 minutes for him to die. Harvey Glattman was 31 years old at the time of his death. After his execution, Harvey Glattman was cremated. His mother, Ophelia, never came to claim her son's remains. His ashes were placed in a mass grave at Napa Valley Memorial Park. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Apex and the Abyss. If you would like to reach out to the show, please feel free to write an email to apexandabyss at gmail.com. You can also find the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook if you prefer to communicate that way. You can also submit episode suggestions as well as find links to everything mentioned above in the show notes and at apexandabyss.com, as well as a link to another show I co-host called Monster Madness. If you'd like to support the show, you can do that in many ways. You can head on over to Apple Podcasts and submit a rating and review. This costs you nothing but a few moments of your time, and it is greatly appreciated. You can buy show merch at tpublic.com. And lastly, you can become a monthly donor at patreon.com or become a member of the Apex and the Abyss community over at Himalaya+. Plus. Again, thank you so much for listening to the show and for your support in telling these stories. Until next time.